Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Are you currently experiencing or have experienced intense PMS symptoms? Ugh, man, they can feel like the worst, but these symptoms are not inevitable, despite what you might've heard or have even gone through. Now I can speak from my own personal experience, having experienced all the symptoms, the heavy painful periods, the lumpy tender breasts, I mean like fibrous breasts, the uncomfortable bloating, the weight gain month after month after month, and don't even get me started on the migraines. I wondered if they were ever going to have an end in sight. It was so painful. Now, since as early as I can remember, looking at teen magazines or cosmopolitan magazines, man, I feel like we have been advertised to that the magical hormonal birth control pill is the answer to our period woes. But unfortunately, as I've spoken about in this show many times and have had multiple conversations with other practitioners, we know that birth control pills act as a band-aid and never really address the reason why you're experiencing these symptoms in the first place. And I believe that we deserve to address the big why out there, the elephant in the room. Plus, have I not mentioned that birth control pills have side effects of their own? Now we're just trading one symptom for another. Now I learned the hard way that birth control pills don't actually fix the problem. I remember my period, ooh, and those PMS symptoms came back with a vengeance after I couldn't tolerate being on the pill any longer. I personally found the side effects intolerable. So what is the most common reason we struggle the week before our period and a few days into our period, right? The start of our period. Well, I bet you guessed. It has everything to do with your hormones and the root causes that are throwing your hormones off. Now, we don't want to throw the messengers under the bus just yet, right? Our hormones are chemical messengers and they are doing the best they can with what they got in the moment that they're in. That is 100% true. It's also important to note that they are extremely sensitive and they're kind of diva messengers in a little bit, although I'm all about reclaiming the word diva, but they're very sensitive and guess what? They will let you know when things aren't working out for them, like when they're not able to work at their best function, we're going to notice symptoms, hence those crazy PMS symptoms those crazy period symptoms as we step into our period. Now, before I share what the most common hormonal imbalance is for your most severe symptoms, like the crazy, heavy, painful periods, the lumpy, fibrous, tender breasts, the migraines, the bloating, the weight gain, the mood swings, the irritable anxiousness, all of those really higher tier symptoms, I want to first break down what is happening to your hormones during your menstrual cycle, leading to the symptoms in the first place, because I believe that knowledge is power. And when we understand what's happening with our bodies, we begin to realize that our hormones are our superpower. And we also begin to realize if we kind of implement some very simple steps and changes, we can begin to heal the root causes that are driving the hormone issues to begin with and have a body that is in harmony, which is what we want. We want our bodies to be fully functional, to be working for us, right? That's the name of the game. So now, personally, I think this episode couldn't have come at a more perfect time. Literally yesterday, I got my period after over two years of not having one. Now, the last time I had a period was February 2020, the month before I got pregnant with Kingston. Now, at 42 years old, 
43 in September. I'm going to be 43, I think, like right after Labor Day. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling super grateful that my menstrual cycle is back online, even while breastfeeding. Now, I'm not going to lie. I thought it would come back after I stopped breastfeeding, but clearly my body had other plans. So I am here for it. So this is what I did today. After I I fully realized my period is back, I downloaded two new period tracking apps. I downloaded Clue and Eve. I'm going to be checking out which one I like the best. And full transparency, when I saw some spotting yesterday morning, which was also the day of the full moon, I was a bit in denial, not going to lie. I think it had been so, so long. I was like, oh, that can't be what that is. (laughs) I also had a lot of curiosity. I was like, let me keep an eye on this. Initially, I thought the light bleeding was potentially nothing to be concerned about. And honestly, it, re- it was nothing to be concerned about. But as the day progressed, I took full ownership and announced to my husband, Alex, that my period was officially back. Now today, I am taking it super easy. My mood is great. I'm feeling a little bit drained, a little tired. And I know that my body is working hard to move the lining out and to reset I also know where my hormones are at, which they are literally at the bottom of the bottom. Now, given that I haven't had a period in so long, my cycle hasn't been running. So it's really interesting to see my hormones around my menstrual cycle come back online. And I'm going to be super curious to see what happens as I move into the follicular phase, which I'm pretty much in at the moment. What happens as I get into ovulation? I'm going to start tracking my basal temperature to see what's going on there. So I'm really excited to see and really track what is going down with my period and my menstrual cycle this month just to get a great sense of what my body's doing and how I can really support my body as I do every day. My goal is to always optimize, but my cycle, just like yours, if you're still cycling, can really give us a lot of information about what is going on with our bodies. So today I was planning to do a Robin Arizona Peloton workout, honey, as she always says, but I cut that. I didn't do the 20 minute workout. Instead, I opted to walk some stairs and walk the beach today. I also, again, I was like, okay, now that I'm on my period, what are some of the changes based on where I'm at in my cycle do I want to be doing? So I ended my fast early today. I opted for a 12-hour circadian fast and made sure that I included some really yummy gut and liver nourishing carbs, things like broccoli, squash, and berries into my diet today that are really going to help support me right now. And I also had a couple squares of Evolve Keto Chocolate. Let me tell you, I am so obsessed with Evolve Chocolate and their little keto cups. Their chocolate is made with the fewest ingredients and the the most simplest ingredients. If you haven't tried Evolve Keto Chocolate, oh my gosh, or just their chocolate in general, I do love their keto chocolate because there's no sugar. Their chocolate is organic, it's paleo, it's vegan, it's keto, it's ethically sourced, it's all the things that you want and need in your life. What more can I say? And you can eat it and feel good about your choice as well. And honestly, anytime you eat something that you're intentional about, I always want you to feel good about that choice. I always want you to be like, I'm owning this moment. But then I also want you to feed foods that really nourish your body. The tagline for Evolve is it's not candy, it's food. And you know what? I believe them. (laughs) And so today and throughout this whole week into the weekend, I'm going to be listening to my body, figuring out what I'm needing right now. I'm cutting out anything that is going to stress out my body too much because this is the season of my cycle to slow down a bit and honor the fact that my sex hormones are at an all-time low during my cycle. So if you weren't aware of that, I'm just going to let you know right now and I'll break it down in just a second. All of your hormones, your sex hormones, testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone literally crash all the way down to their lowest of low, you know, a couple days to the day before your period. 
And they are still pretty darn low until you're like day three, four, five out of your period. I would say day five to seven, you're really going to begin to start to feel that testosterone bump, that estrogen bump. But man, those days leading into your period and leading out like right those first three days that are you're actually in your period again your hormones are just at an all-time low and they're not firing off onto receptor sites they're not firing off the brain they're not firing off the metabolism they're just they're not there and it's meant to be that way but we have to honor the fact that that's just the season that we're in in that moment so now that I shared a little bit of my journey, I want to actually go further into breaking down what to expect as you approach your period and then what's not normal, right? Because I think sometimes we get confused as, okay, this is normally what's supposed to happen in our cycle. And then this is what can be going down when we have some really intensely disruptive symptoms. So let's start. Let's get into the, the cycle. Let's get into probably my favorite part of your cycle and my cycle is ovulation. As you know, I always say ovulation is the main event. It's what it's all for. It's why we do it. It's why we have a cycle to begin with. I know we put a lot of emphasis on our period, hence the conversation today, but I want you to know that it's ovulation. She's really the queen of this entire cycle. So the first question we need to answer is, are we ovulating? We need to know this, right? Looking back, I believe I was ovulating a couple weeks ago, but I wasn't sure at the time because again, I haven't had a period in a menstrual cycle in so, so long, literally since March of 2020. So I wouldn't really know without measuring my basal temperature, which I am starting basically in a couple of days. I'm gonna start measuring that. Now, if ovulation isn't happening, and this is called an anovulatory cycle, anovulation, the corpus luteum doesn't form, and as a result, no progesterone or little to no progesterone is released. Now, this is not good because we need progesterone. We absolutely need it. We desperately need it. She is like the hormone we took for granted. Now, another reason why I don't like the pill is it shuts down ovulation, and that's just not healthy for our bodies. It just isn't. And now I understand that there's sometimes the, the cost benefit ratio, you kind of have to figure that out for yourself, but I want you to know that our bodies are most optimal and they're running their best when we are ovulating. We want to be able to promote that as much as possible. Now, because it's important to know if you're ovulating, as you know, I highly recommend tracking your ovulatory cycle, menstrual cycle, ovulatory cycle, call it whatever you love. I like to call it ovulatory cycle because that really highlights what this is all about, but it's important to track it to know if you are or you're not. Now, after ovulation, which happens around day 14-ish, it can happen day 12, 13, 14, 16, really varies for everyone. After you ovulate, you kick off the luteal phase of your menstrual cycle, right? And this is the phase I want to focus on today. Now, the first week of that luteal phase, day 15 to 21, progesterone and estrogen are on the rise. They're actually going up. And if you want to know the ratio of salivary progesterone to your estradiol, because that's the particular estrogen that we're talking about right now, it should be approximately 100 to 1. So although they're both rising up, there's 100 times more progesterone than there is estrogen. That's super important to know because if the ratio is off, and it is for a lot of us, we may start to experience some of those PMS symptoms I was talking about. Now, to put it another way, during the luteal phase, the amount of progesterone in a normal woman who is fertile and ovulating, again, is, is 100 times the concentration of estradiol, ideally measured six to seven days before your period starts, right? Which is usually day 21 of your menstrual cycle, your ovulatory cycle. And I find that 100, 100 to one is ideal for most women. 
Now around day 21, 22, the levels of progesterone and estrogen peak, and then they start to fall in the second week of the luteal phase. That's usually that lands between day 22 and 28, if we're talking about a 28 day cycle, right? So estradiol and progesterone will drop and they will get to their very, very, very lowest. I'm talking about the lowest of low on day 28, which is the day before the first day of your period and the first day of the next cycle. Again, based on a 28 day cycle. On a side note, just a little side note here, testosterone is also rising a little bit during this time and drops off around day 23. Again, it's gonna hit its lowest of low on day 28 as well. All three of them are gonna hit the lowest of low. Like your two build you up hormones, estrogen and testosterone, and then your stress relaxing chill pill hormone, all of them hit the bottom on day 28. So it's no surprise that we feel a little something, right? If there was a time to take it easy, this is the time when our hormones are at their lowest. When these three hormones drop during the second week, you are less insulin sensitive and you're tired due to the drop in estrogen and testosterone, right? These build you up hormones are just not there no more. You also may be noticing more cravings for carbs and you may notice a slight weight gain because of the drop in these very metabolically driven hormones. They're just not there. You also, you might notice that your sleep is off. You may feel a little bit anxious and edgy due to the drop in progesterone. See, a drop in progesterone contributes to cortisol sensitivity, which causes less stress resilience. So that's why you may feel a little moody or you may feel overextended during this time. Maybe you feel a little bit more triggered and edgy. You just don't have that hormone to support you. So things just get a little bit, you know, this is why I feel like it's great to honor ourselves and not overextend ourselves at this time. I get that that's easier said than done. I totally get that. I just want you to know that if you're feeling like, man, a couple weeks ago, I could handle all of this. And now I'm feeling like I can't handle all of this. It has everything to do with your hormones. They shifted and you have to know that your hormones are playing a major role when it comes to your neurotransmitters. They're playing a huge role in dopamine and serotonin and GABA. They are. And when they're depleted, they're not firing on those neurotransmitters the way that they normally do. And so this is really a, I need to focus on me kind of moment. You know what I'm saying? Now, because your body is more sensitive to stress, I always recommend honoring your body during this phase in your cycle and doing your best to remove extra stress in your life, including high intensity workouts and intense intermittent fasting. Sometimes these um, hormetic stressors, although they're phenomenal, and they can also, they teach our bodies to grow and become resilient. Not every part of our month is the best month to be pushing these hormetic stressors. So you just really got to take it easy when our bodies are more stress sensitive during this phase. This isn't the time to stress your body metabolically either or mentally when your hormones are practically on the non-existent scale. Now to learn more about the nuances of your cycle, I highly recommend checking out episode 350, why women aren't small men and how to navigate poor health advice when you have a period. This was a really powerful episode. It's worth going back and listening to. I break down the metabolic changes that happen during your cycle. I break down how we really can't be measured against men and athletics or a lot of what's going on cardiovascularly because our bodies are just different and our hormones, neurotransmitters, metabolism are running with our 
ovulatory cycle, they're always ebbing and flowing and changing because of our ovulatory cycle. And the more that we understand how the cycle works and how we can make it our superpower, like when we can really up-level the intermittent fasting, up-level the hardcore workouts, up-level, you know, just really taking advantage of high levels of estrogen and testosterone, and then also taking advantage of this part of our cycle that I'm talking about where it's time to, the creativity, the, you know, self-care piece, the really honoring in our bodies, slowing down, really going inward and, and really focusing on ourselves. I mean, the more that we just even understand this, there's a lot of little micro changes we can make that just make life easier, that just feel easier. And you don't, you're not pushing yourself or you're not kicking yourself. You're not putting a lot of shame and guilt on yourself because how you were operating on day 13 of your cycle, you, you're not able to do that on day 27 of your cycle. I remember back in the day when I didn't understand all this in my 20s, I always felt like I needed to be operating like my day 13th on my cycle self. And I would get to day 28 or the first day of my period, day one, and I would try to push myself like I had been right before ovulation and I just couldn't. And I remember I would just have to like grin and bear and just like white knuckle my way through those couple of days. I would give myself such a hard time. I would beat myself up because I simply couldn't do what I did two weeks ago. And you know, now we know, well, my body wasn't geared for that at the time. Like <laughs> I would have done myself way bigger favors had I just you know, listen to my body, been just cued in to what my body was trying to tell me, which was like, not right now, girl, we, we're not right here. This is not where we're at. You can do that in a couple of weeks. You can do that for like a good chunk of your cycle, but just not now. This isn't doing you any favors. And so again, the more that we understand this, go check out episode 350, you'll get a better sense. So now here's the kicker. <laughs> here's what this episode's about. Depending if progesterone is already low throughout the luteal phase in relation to estradiol, you could experience signs of estrogen dominance. Hence the crazy heavy bleeding, the lumpy breast, the cramps, the migraines, the bloating, the weight gain, the mood swings, the anxiousness, the edginess, right? Oftentimes the more severe the PMS symptoms are, the more likely estradiol is unopposed causing these disruptive symptoms. And you can feel darn right out of sorts and super crappy during this time if that ratio isn't where it needs to be. Remember I said the ratio is 110 progesterone to estradiol. Well, for many women over 30 years old, this ratio is closer to 50 to one. It's like half and even less than lower than normal progesterone levels compared to estradiol in that luteal phase. And so what I've noticed really quickly in, I can't even tell you, hundreds of hormone lab test results that every time I suspect symptoms of estrogen dominance, progesterone is often much lower than normal, even if estrogen is at normal levels or slightly lower too. Because oftentimes, if progesterone's low, there's a good chance that estrogen is going to also be low or at normal levels. So just wanted to point this out that critical hormone balance, progesterone to estradiol is so important. And if there's a little, if they're off in any way, which is very possible for many of us, we're going to start to experience these disruptive symptoms. Also note that there's a lot of other reasons why estrogen could be unopposed. Now I'm going to get into that in just a second. Now this was the case for myself in my early 30s, probably even in my 20s. I just had no idea. This was the case for my mom. This has been the case for my sister and so many other women I've treated, especially as women enter early perimenopause, starting as early as 35 years old. We start to see this shift and change where these unopposed estrogen dominant symptoms start coming into play. 
Now, as we enter perimenopause, the likelihood of an anovulatory cycle is a lot more common, especially as we get closer and closer to menopause. This causes estrogen to be unopposed, driving these very common symptoms that I'm about to mention. So these are the types of things that could also be going on for you too, if you are experiencing a situation where you have unopposed estrogen in relation to progesterone. So decreased sex drive, irregular or abnormal menstrual periods, bloating, constipation, breast swelling and tenderness, lumpy, fibrous, tender breasts, headaches or migraines, especially right before your period or the day of your period, mood swings, often irritability and depression, weight or fat gain, particularly around the hips, the thighs, and the abdomen, cold hands and feet. This is a symptom of thyroid dysfunction, but it's, it's very connected to estrogen dominance as well. Hair loss, a sluggish metabolism, foggy thinking and memory loss, just feeling like you have terrible word recall, feeling tired, trouble sleeping, and especially insomnia, clearly classic PMS symptoms. These are all symptoms of unopposed estrogen inside of the body. And it can be because you've skipped ovulation. However, there are other potential contributing factors to driving symptoms of estrogen dominance. Now, in industrialized countries such as the U.S., there can be many, many root causes. So here are some of the other root causes. Because remember, again, we have to ask ourselves, why are we having an anovulatory cycle, right? Why is it that we don't have the robust amount of progesterone that we need? There's still root causes that are driving this. Also, there are root causes why there may be excess estrogen in the system as well. Could it be that the liver isn't working properly? The gut's not working properly, right? Those are potentials. So here are the most common other root causes that are driving this hormone imbalance during the last part of that luteal phase of the cycle. Excess exposure into environmental estrogens, so xenoestrogens, a number of chemical compounds, solvents, parabens, obesogens like phthalates, BPA, persistent organic pollutants found in consumer products such as cleaners, Glade plugins, or any scented fragrance, anything, anything that's got fragrance on the, on the ingredient list is a xenoestrogen. Plastic bottles, vinyl, shampoo, makeup and nail polish, mascara, flip-flops, even the receipts at the grocery store. We're touching this stuff all the time. It's adding to an excess amount of foreign estrogen inside the body. Next, synthetic estrogens such as birth control pills and hormone replacement therapy, if it's synthetic hormone replacement therapy. Next, eating the standard American diet. This diet consists of non-organic sources and processed foods contain a high amount of hydrogenated oils, processed sugar and carbohydrates, pesticides, herbicides, glyphosate, as well as growth hormones and antibiotics that are fed to conventionally fed animals. Toxins in our food contribute to endocrine disruption due to gut issues, liver issues, and hormone pathway disruption. So the diet is a major player here, hence why it's always foundational when I'm having conversations about how to heal our hormones. Next, excess body fat greater than 28%. So the reason why this is brought up is that the more adipose cells we have, they actually help to produce more estrogen in the body. Remember, estrogen is a growth hormone. So if we're holding on to a greater amount of fat, we're making more estrogen in the body. So something to consider. Next, leaky gut, gut dysbiosis and constipation, which inhibits phase three estrogen detoxification by disrupting that estrobolome, the gut bacteria that metabolizes estrogen, even if the liver is working properly, you can actually unpack that methylated estrogen that's broken down if you've got a gut issue or you've got severe, you've got constipation. You can unpackage that and it recirculates back into the body. 
Next is chronic stress, which we know impacts the gut, liver, thyroid, reduces progesterone levels, which can lead to that imbalance. Unresolved trauma, same thing, can manifest into hormone issues. Poor liver function, this is probably one of the biggest areas that's responsible for not only ensuring that we eliminate metabolized estrogen through phase one and phase two pathways, but you can imagine if you've got a sluggish liver, which Oh man, more people have than they than we realize. Or we have a liver that's fatty, right? That has got non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And so many people, that's the case too, because of insulin resistance. And we just have, we just are just consuming so much refined carbs these days that when our liver isn't able to do its job fully, I'm talking about 24 seven, and we can't break down the estrogen properly, we end up having more metabolites in the body. Next, nutrient deficiencies that impair phase one and phase two, even phase three, liver detoxification and methylation. Medications, smoking and alcohol, these all significantly burden the liver as well. Sugar consumption has a negative impact on the liver and causes insulin resistance. High insulin levels also lower sex hormone binding globulin. This dumps estrogen into the system and can contribute to symptoms of estrogen dominance that lead to sore breasts, fibroids, and heavy periods. And lastly, gene mutation such as a COMPT mutation and MTHFR mutation also impairs our ability to methylate and detoxify our hormones. And just a quick, let me just explain this a little bit better. Certain MTHFR and COMPT mutations harshly affect the methylation cycle and therefore lead to hormonal imbalances. One of the most common side effects of methylation deficiency is estrogen dominance. This occurs because of the inability to remove estrogen due to a lack of that methylation, forcing it to be recirculated into the blood and having the liver constantly having to try to do something with it. Whew, that's a lot of root causes. I get it. I know. <laughs> It's no wonder we're having period problems. My goodness. And my goodness, how often has your doctor been like, well, let's let's look at this potential MTHFR mutation or, you know, what what's your diet look like? Or are we dealing with a gut issue? Do you have any other gut problems going on? What's your stress levels like right now? Do you have a lot going on, on that you're dealing with that's on your plate? All of these things are important. Are you consuming other medications? Are you on birth control? Like we need to be having these conversations. We need to be getting deeper and looking at the root cause of what is going on. I know I've listed a lot of these big causes for estrogen dominance, and it's worth taking a moment, just sitting with yourself for a second, if you are struggling with severe PMS symptoms. Consider if any of these causes are impacting your hormone health or other health concerns as well. Now, I remember if I, I go back and think about when I was dealing with my highest level of estrogen dominance, it was poor blood sugar management. I definitely had early stages of insulin resistance. It was stress and trauma that I just had not resolved. I was just constantly firing off my survival system. Leaky gut and environmental exposures played a big role in me having too much estrogen in the system, like an unopposed amount of estrogen metabolites, because I just wasn't, my body wasn't primed to process and move them through. And, you know, and I know that a lot of this took a long time. You know, I hadn't recognized that over time, these, these accumulated root causes were driving some of my worst PMS symptoms. Now, one of the other things to point out, over 80% of women will deal with symptoms of estrogen dominance at some point. They will deal with the heavy periods, the lumpy fibrous breasts, the bloating, the migraines. These are all classic symptoms of too much estradiol hanging out in the body. But fibroids are another symptom. And over 89% of women will get fibroids before menopause. So if you're experiencing these disruptive symptoms, any of these disruptive symptoms right now, and you want to feel better faster, let's talk about what you can do and where you start. 
Now, before I go into how to address disruptive PMS symptoms caused by an elevated of unopposed estrogen, I want you to know that this has become a conversation and a topic that I'm very, very passionate about because I have seen it severely impact my mom. My sister is currently recovering from very severe i mean like if estrogen goes unopposed for too long it could lead to cancer very 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 dense breast tissue it could lead to epithelial lining in your uterus getting really 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 thick like these are the concerns because estrogen as phenomenal as she is she is a growth hormone and if she's left unchecked it can lead to other major concerns down the road. So my sister is dealing with a lot of that right now and we are working to reverse all of it. And I cannot tell you how many friends and family members have come to me over the years looking for some serious help in reversing these symptoms. Women reach out to me every single day looking for solutions to their intense periods, their anxiousness, their exhaustion. And it's an issue we need to look at more closely and that is why I'm committed to hosting classes on how to overcome estrogen dominance at any age. And I'm actually hosting one of these classes. It's going to be live. I'm going to be doing a Q&A, the whole thing, the whole nine yards. It's going to be Tuesday, July 26th, and you are invited. You've got an exclusive invitation to come and visit, to come to the class. It's free. I also am going to be giving a bonus for attending. You're going to get my top 10 herbs and liver superfoods guide with recipes. And I'm going to be giving away some prizes in the class, including my best-selling, essentially whole, Progest Restore and Hormone Balance Supplements. So these are two of my best sellers. The Progest Restore, oh my gosh, it is like the, the the godsend serum that really just eases a lot of that, the symptoms of having too little of a progesterone. I think that having a progesterone serum during perimenopause, it makes the most sense to me. And then the Hormone Balance Supplement is just such a game changer as well. So I'm going to be giving those away in the class and I will have in the show notes, the link to register for free to, and to get your free gift to the liver guide. So all you got to do is go to drmarisa.com slash estrogen class or go to the link, register for free, and you are set to go. Even if you can't attend the class, there is going to be a replay. But I do recommend you attending because I am doing a Q&A and I get into the nitty gritty in the Q&A. So let's get into it. So based on the most up-to-date research, the quickest way to clear excess estrogen metabolites is by optimizing your liver and your gut detoxification pathways. That way you can safely break down and remove excess estrogen metabolites from the body. Now the fastest avenue to do this is a full out liver and gut reset. Hence why I created my 14 day detox program. Literally created this program because I wanted a comprehensive solution to address these symptoms head on. And my detox, not gonna lie, it takes work. And not everybody wants to give up the foods that they love, but man, if you want a full like reset, this is the thing. This is, this is the avenue to do. The other avenue that works amazingly in conjunction with the foods that protect your liver and nourish your gut is adding necessary supplementation to go in and help your liver and gut actually clear the excess estrogen. Now, honestly, supplementation is the fastest way I know how to get results. This is what I've used with my mom and my sister and my friends and, and the women that have come to me. Since they are helping your body to do the work of clearing out the excess toxins, clearing out that excess estrogen, along with getting the liver and gut to work more optimally. Now, I've personally had the most success by dialing in the right nutrients for liver and gut and being consistent with those recommendations daily for at least 60 days. So basically, you got to take your supplements for at least 60 days. You got to move through your cycle a couple of times till you really start to have a cycle that is working for you. Now, I want to just say, 
that there are times where I have felt some of my symptoms come back and I get back on my estrogen reset protocol because I know one of these root causes are clogging up the system and, and I have more estrogen metabolites to work or my, my gut and liver just need a little bit more support. Now, the supplements that address excess estrogen metabolites are diindole methane, so DIM, calcium deglutarate, broccoli seed extract, magnesium, methylated B vitamins, NAC, glutathione, choline, and antioxidants. These are the biggest needle, needle movers for moving your liver to clear excess estradiol also known as estrogen, along with a great probiotic and digestive enzymes for your gut. Even without being super strict with your diet, you can reverse the heavy, painful periods, the lumpy breasts, the uncomfortable bloating and weight gain. And as you can imagine, the very, very popular choice, because the supplement protocol doesn't disrupt your life like a full detox would, most people love to choose the supplement protocol, the estrogen reset protocol. I think both are great, but I would say that between the two, when it comes to my community, even friends and family, most people choose the supplements because they work faster and they help the body do what they need to do. I always try to encourage people to do the detox as well, but often people choose the supplements. Again, it is important to consider foods for the gut and the liver. I talk all about that in the class as well that's coming up on Tuesday, July 26th. I believe it's going to be 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but you'll get everything that you need, including the times for the class. Again, it's going to also, if you register, you're going to get the free liver guide in the show notes for this episode. It's got some epic liver-loving recipes. And this episode, again, is 387. Or you can right now just go to drmarisa.com slash estrogen class and it'll pull up the registration as well. So I hope to see you on Tuesday, the 26th. I would love to be able to support you and really walk you through what's going on. But in the meantime, in between time, just note that the supplements that I mentioned are game changers. And also, if you want to check out the 14-day detox, I'll have a link for that as well. I will say that the class is really going to give you a lot of those answers. But if you are thinking, man, I do need a detox, I need to reset the body, I'll also link to that. And as always, thank you so much for listening into the Essentially You podcast. This show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone in your life that needs to hear this today, take a moment, screenshot this episode and send it on over to them or share it on social, share it on Instagram. And when you share this episode on Insta, definitely hashtag hormone CEO. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.